0: This is Erica Janelle, and welcome to our very first episode for 2024 um, of Relationship Talks. And I am super, super, super excited to introduce my guest, Jillian Romero Chavez. She has introduced and created and launched this awesome tool called Clara, which is going to help those of us single people... (laughs) in the dating process. So I am super excited to have you here, Jillian. Welcome to Relationship Talks. Thank you so much for
1: having me. I I love talking to people. And I know you talk specifically about different relationships and your own background, being single, but having that relationship in the past. And I am also single. I'm talking about relationships. I built a tool about relationships. So I'm excited to be here and kind of talk to you about it.
0: Okay. So Jillian, give us a little bit about your background, kind of how you came about getting this started and kind of tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, no. So it's funny because my background has nothing to do with anything in the dating aspect sphere at all. I was actually a very much a late bloomer, I would call myself um, in terms of dating. I'm the oldest child out of all my siblings. I'm the oldest grandchild out of all my cousins. And I was always that perfect studious kind of girl really hitting all of her books and paying attention to what I was doing education wise. So I really didn't date a lot in high school and didn't date a lot in college. Um, so I would call myself more of a late bloomer. With that, I went to great schools. I graduated. I had um, a really strong career in auto for the last eight plus years and was thriving in that business. Um, I dated two men during that time. The first one was just my first one of my first boyfriends, and it was really just new and interesting, and again, I was a late bloomer, so learning that, and then the second person I thought was going to be the man that I spent the rest of my life with. Um, We were very committed. We ended up living together the last couple of years. And I was very much involved in creating a home and a family with this person. And on the other side of it, I was thriving in my business. I was an executive and I was just really feeling really good um, the last, that whole period. Um, Then 2020 happened, COVID happened. Um, I was home more. And I unfortunately had, well, it was fortunate as honestly, it's God's blessing is that I found out that he had been cheating on me the whole time of our relationship and I was devastated. Um, he had every intention to, um, he had a ring that he was going to propose he had every intention of continuing basically a double life. And I was just completely shocked and devastated and from coming from such a high with career, with family, with home, with thinking about babies. I remember walking around my neighborhood and thinking how blessed I was um, feeling with the relationship with I what I was in, the future of children with this person, how we're communicating really well. And then having such a shocking thing occur where it just, it it kills you. And it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, I know you're a confident woman. I know there's so many confident women out there. And when that kind of situation happens, it really mm-hmm. starts you start questioning your own self-worth and then Mm your ability to choose and who to date and all of those other things. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a devastating experience, but that was really what shifted my whole life trajectory from
0: that point on. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because, um, I wouldn't say I really wasn't, I was the same, like I got married at 18. Um, and I didn't date a lot. Um, my focus was my career and raising my children. I had my, my daughter at 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my oldest daughter's 24 now. Uh, my other two are almost out of the house. They're my son turned 16 this month, and my daughter is 15. So it's like we I literally my whole life was has been spent just literally in long term marriages. Mm-hmm. And and for me. I kind of went through the same thing dealing with a cheating husband and an abusive husband and just going through all of that stuff and never really understanding who I was. And so it's the same with me. Like it took me to a place where I started to, okay, let's look at, you know, all the healing, all of the things that I did to restore myself and get myself back to where I needed to be. And then it was like, you know what? I think if more people were more, knowledgeable of who they are first, and then you start dating, then I think we would have way less divorces. We would have way less breakups. And we would have dating with intentionality, which is super important for me. Um, And so I, too, went on the career path. You know, I am an executive in my career. I'm a vice president of HR. Mm -hmm. Um, I have three businesses. I'm an author. I am a singer, a producer, a writer. I do all of those things I act, I model, I do all of those things. And I would have never been able to do all of those things. Had I not gone through all the things I went through because mm-hmm. I didn't really know who I was. And it took me being freed from that relationship where I thought that was my identity to mm-hmm. now understanding who I am. And so I totally can relate to your story <laughs> in more ways than one Yeah. Well, <laughs> 45 before- this year. And it's still not easy. Well, I'm still learning for
1: sure. And I think that's where I had to create something to kind of help me in, in, in learning, because honestly I started reflecting and you said, Mm -hmm. you know, not knowing yourself. And I think what was interesting for me, it was, it wasn't as much that I didn't know myself. It's what I don't, I didn't know how to be myself with someone else in a relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: what happened was I started in reflection during the relationship, I was in cloud nine, I was only focusing on the positive things, when Mm -hmm. things would would, um, upset me, or I had a feeling in the pit of my stomach that something was off, I would also I would always think this is me being in a relationship, and this is me learning about compromise. And those fe- those those things were just wrong. It was interesting. I was on another podcast recently, and we talked about journaling, and we talked about you just taught, said intentionality, and that's really what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually journaled that whole time that I was in this relationship with this person. Um nice. And I was so I I I didn't review my journal like right after the break because I was just so um, distraught. But I was able mm-hmm. to look back at it about a year after and I started reading the entries, and I noticed every entry was positive. I only wrote down the positive things in my journal. I was like, you know, he was supportive here, he was supportive there, and I think back, and I'm like, what, Every every day was positive, and there was only, there was one journal entry, just one, out of this whole time of the relationship, and I, I didn't even write it. I drew a picture of myself on an island, and I drew a picture of him on another island, and that's all mm-hmm. that was in the journal. So. It was crazy to me how much that our minds can kind of play a trick on us. Because even though we know ourselves and we feel confident in it, and maybe you're like me and like a super positive person. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I always look positive. I'm one of the people who Mm -hmm. my friends call me up because they know that I'll have a, you know, I'll be a positive
0: Positive word. Yeah. (laughs) They want me there. Yeah, I'm the same. But what I will say, I find that we as women do that. Mm-hmm. more way more than men yeah. we have to learn and i and i use this analogy oftentimes when i'm talking to my coaching clients and i'll tell them i said women we have like a phd in being emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. we are emotionally intelligent generally i'm not talking about those that are in a lower vibration but most <laughs> of us are yeah. more emotionally intelligent however we're still in elementary school in a lot of cases when it comes to using your um, your basic common sense, like the practical side of things. Mm-hmm. We will glamorize and glorify the most disgusting humans mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. do the most disgusting things. And we'll be like, oh, well, it's because, you know, his mom didn't hug him enough. Or, yep. you know, it's because maybe I wasn't giving him enough attention or maybe we didn't have enough sex. And that's why I deci- he decided to go outside of our relationship. We will literally glamorize things and as I've gotten older, I am super, I'm probably more practical than I am emotional. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the
1: thing. There's women out there who I think have like, I, I have women in my circle who I know who say the uncomfortable conversation right up front, even when mm-hmm. there's with someone during that early dating stage or early limerence stage, right? When mm-hmm. everything just looks beautiful. Yeah, the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase, right. But that's the thing is like, there's so many other, and it's women and men, there's so many people Mm -hmm. out there who are in that first stages. And it's not, they're not able to have the uncomfortable conversation because they're scared to be lonely, or they're scared to be Mm -hmm. single. And they're Mm -hmm. scared to say, hey, like, what's going on with this in that, you know, couple, first couple of weeks that you're dating, because they just don't want to lose the possibility of what this person is, when Mm -hmm. in fact, it's, it's a really important to call out that you're feeling a little, you know, this doesn't feel good. This feels mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. I don't feel emotionally safe. I don't feel physically safe. There's something wrong and I need mm-hmm. to address it. Instead, we like put it back. We ignore mm-hmm. it. It's that accountability. And that's what's hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's that accountability piece of
0: us like dating and calling it out during that period that really that's gets the- lost. Yeah, I think that's where the conversations, I mean, as I've gotten older, like I told you, I'll be 45 this year. And honestly, I have learned to, I don't have any masks on. Yeah. Not in relationships, not in friendships. I am who I am. It is what it is. Um, and there are things that, of course, every day I strive to be a better person. I strive to be more compassionate. I'm, I'm a compassionate person by nature. But for yeah. me, the balance was learning how not to be overly giving and learning yeah. to balance and, you know, be have that, you um, You know, if you don't see reciprocation, then you need to call it out and say, hey, I'm giving you this, this and this, but you're not giving this back. So what are we doing here? You know, those. And I think it takes a certain level of growth and development and maturity and intentionality like we talked about to really examine yourself and kind of what your patterns are and the things that you've done to get, you know, where you were. So there were probably plenty of red flags a lot of times we don't notice red flags until it's too late. But when you are more intentional, as you start dating, you are more prone to look at those red flags now and call it out and say, Hey, what are we doing here? Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's one of those things where nobody's going to be perfect. You have two different individuals from two different backgrounds trying to mesh and become one. And it's not easy. And it's, it's not meant to be easy. It's meant to help you grow and help you develop but I think people look at relationships nowadays as more a transactional. If you don't give me this, then I'm not giving you that. Yeah. It can't be transactional. You can't eliminate the heart, but you also can't eliminate your logic. So, so it's a, a delicate balance between the two. And I feel like if more of us were asking those questions and having those uncomfortable conversations, we would save our hearts so much more heartbreak than what we've had to go through. And and it's, it, you know, it's it's real. It's, it's a learning experience. And I don't think any of us will ever be fully all the way there. I just think as you grow, as you develop, as you work on yourself, I think those are things that you begin to be more cognizant of and you be more intentional with how you, how you navigate through relationships and even dating.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where it's, for me, that's where Clara for Daters came in. So I <laughs> knew after my breakup, that I needed to get, I want, I still am looking for that person. I want to have children. Mm -hmm. That's important to me. I want to get married. I want a traditional kind of marriage father Mm -hmm. for my kids like kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I'm looking for is a healthy connection. But Mm -hmm. I was so scared to start dating again and not pick up on those red flags and start ignoring what was going on early on. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have faith in myself. And quite Mm -hmm. frankly, I started... You know reading a lot about women who've been in the circumstance that I've been in and how we choose someone who's actually pretty similar to your ex because it's a familiar pattern that we're used to. You're not necessarily mm-hmm. attracted to them, you're just attracted to the familiarity of it. And I was terrified because I was like, my heart cannot go through that again. And right. I have a timeline, like, I really want to start having kids that's important to me. Mm-hmm. So I read all the books. I read, um, Jay Shetty has a wonderful book called Eight Rules of Love. I love him. Yeah, love I love him. yes. So good, and he talks about you know practicalities and dating. You read the attached book about your different mm-hmm. attachment styles. So all of these mm-hmm. methods, right? Which is great. I love it. Again, I'm a student. I was studious person growing up. I love reading all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the problem with me is it's just like a diet, right? You can read all the nutrition books about everything. Mm-hmm. But then you read the whole book and then you actually start going out and eating the food or you're choosing what's on the menu and you get lost, right? And it just get Mm -hmm. you you're not holding yourself accountable and it goes up and down and you're like, Okay, well some days and then maybe it's a cheat day, but maybe it's a cheat weekend, maybe it's a cheat month, (laughs) yeah. Right, right. But you read all the books. You read all of it. You know exactly what you should be eating, and shouldn't be eating, right? You know what mm-hmm. feels good in your body. You know, if I mm-hmm. eat all these salads and good proteins and vegetables, like your body's gonna feel good, your mental health's gonna feel good. Yet mm-hmm. it's t- yeah, there's days we're like, nope, we can't do it. And we just start, you know, going on all this stuff, and then we end up in a different space. And I've always struggled with that with my whole life. So I was like, all right, let me figure out how I can marry what I know and then also what's going on in dating and how I'm experiencing dating. So Mm -hmm. I was very intentional on dating, right? Like after Mm -hmm. my breakup, I was like, okay, I'm going to download the dating apps because they're a lead source. For me, I get dating apps are a hard thing to be on and it's tough, but if you put them in a, if if you shift the perspective about them, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're not going to find me anyone. They're just a lead source. And it's up to me to work the leads. Mm -hmm. Then that's a perspective that makes it less emotional and more just okay, this is the start of my funnel, right? And it's up to me mm-hmm. to do the work. So I downloaded a couple dating apps. I started going on dates. And after every date, I really reflected on things. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna be reflective. I'm gonna write in a journal, whatnot. But as I said earlier in this episode, we talked about, it's just, it's hard to be honest sometimes. Like when the guy, you know, kissed you on the first date and it was a really good kiss, like you're gonna ignore some of the other things maybe sometimes, maybe the chemistry was there. Maybe you were just ovulating, right? And you're, there's just <laughs> Going on that you can't control. Yeah, it's all real. (laughs) All real happened to me like a couple weeks ago, for sure. I'm like, really, but yeah, it's it's a thing. But um, anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm still lying to myself. How does that work? So what I ended up doing was I ended up thinking, all right, how do I take this back and start like making a really consistent effort, but that's data driven because that was my background in auto is digital Mm -hmm. operations and data driven. So how do Mm -hmm. I make this better? So I ended up um, working with psychologists and I said, I'd like to come Mm -hmm. up with some questions that we should ask ourselves after a first date. And then after a second date, third date, fourth date. So after every date you have with one person, let's ask the questions. So we asked the questions. So basically how it works is, Claire for daters, I would go on a date and say the guy on Tuesday date was the guy that I met on Hinge. And then I would book another date with a guy that I met on Bumble. So Mm -hmm. i go on a date on Tuesday night and he's sweet. He's not necessarily my type. Like he's cute in the photos, and I go on the date, and he's really nice. He asked me good questions about myself. Um, like he's nice, to those around of all this good stuff. But I didn't feel the butterflies, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I, just, I didn't feel the butterflies. There wasn't really a spark. I, I kind of made it a little shorter than it could have been. I wanted to. I wanted to get home um, because mm-hmm. I had to get up early the next day. It's a Tuesday. I want to. I want to go to the gym. So whatever. Right. I go on the date with Friday night guy. Um, and Friday night guy showed up late, but he was super hot. He was so my type. And I was so, <laughs> into him. see us the hot ones that get you every time. Oh, well, and not the, the attractiveness. So like, for me, I really like guys who are outgoing and really mm-hmm. passionate about what they do. And that's what he mm-hmm. was talking about himself. He didn't ask me a lot of questions about me, but he was so, you know, passionate about his career and what he was doing. And it was just, it was one of those feelings. Like, you're like, oh, I like being in the room with this person. Cause this person's making something up. So anyway, I go on these two dates um, and then I'm like, all right, well, let me log it, in Clara. So I log one date from, from, from Tuesday and then the other from Friday night guy. I say, okay, I met Tuesday night guy from Hinge. We went for some drinks. Um, how was my mood going in the date? It was okay. It was Tuesday. It wasn't like great. All right. Mm-hmm. He asked me some questions. Was it obvious that your date was into you? Yes. He asked me on a date, a second date right away. Did he ask you questions about yourself? Yes. Did you feel safe? Yes. Was he nice to those around you? Yes. All those questions come back and he actually scores a 10 when I look at that date from Tuesday. And he Mm -hmm. asked me on a second date and I was kind of like pushing him off because I wanted to see how Friday went. Right. So I'm like, let Mm -hmm. me see, let me, let me go log the dates from Friday night guy. So I go to the Friday night guy, and I start logging or I start, it's same question. How was your mood going into the day? Well, it was Friday and I had my margarita because it's Friday. My gym wasn't <laughs> until later on Saturday. So already my mood is like starting off high mm-hmm. because of the day, like literally mm-hmm. just a week, right? So that's the gonna day change. of the week. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to change the, the this experiment of these two like choices that I'm looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask the same questions. Was it obvious that he was into you? Well, he hasn't even texted me back yet, so... It's not that obvious. Right. Um, did he ask you questions about yourself? Nope. Didn't ask me a lot of questions myself. I'm going to be honest. He really talked a lot about him. Um, was he nice to those around me? He actually was rude to those around me. He said he was hangry and was working through lunch. And I forgave him in that moment. But when the question got asked to me in that Clara like log, I was I- like, no, he wasn't nice to those around him, but I forgave him in the moment. I was like, oh, he said he was hangry. That's why he was with the wait staff. Mm-hmm, That's an example mm-hmm. of me showing a, a place where I kind of adjusted because mm-hmm. in that moment, because I wanted him to be the person that I'm going to go on a second date with, mm-hmm. right? So I adjusted mm-hmm. what happened. So now anyway, I go through it and he actually scores pretty low. So now it's now I actually understand data, right? I'm, I'm putting mm-hmm. relationships with data and I'm saying, okay, well, I wasn't even thinking to go on a second date with the first guy but he actually made me feel really good during this whole date like why don't I give this guy a shot let's let's go on a second date see if some chemistry picks up and with Friday mm-hmm. night guy like he hasn't even texted me back am I and I'm, I'm stressing out all weekend thinking oh my god he's the love of my life and he hasn't stretched uh, text me back <laughs> now mm-hmm. I have some perspective saying Jillian like after this date it felt like a five like it felt pretty mm-hmm. low why mm-hmm. are you being so much energy on something that made you feel so low compared to this other guy so again it kind of pulls you back into reality and that's what mm-hmm. data has always done for me is mm-hmm. the automotive business like end of the month everyone starts freaking out we're not selling enough cars right and mm-hmm. I'm always the one who's like let's go back to the CRM let's actually look at the leads and see what's not working I'm like actually you have tons of leads you're not working the leads that's what's yeah. going on." Yeah writing these you're not giving them the chance you're not seeing if they have the opportunity and that's what I realized that I was doing personally and when I talk to others around them it's the same thing we're overwhelmed with all the options that we have because we have tons of options right we have a lot Mm -hmm. of digital interactions but we're not making any of them into meaningful connections so my goal with Tara is to try to help people figure out which digital interactions to keep pursuing and make them a meaningful connection. And that's where for that. Yeah. I love
0: that. And I I too love some data. <laughs> because yeah. people lie, but data does not lie. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't. It's there. It's right there. <laughs> I love some data. So I think that's really, really cool that you you can it's not, it's not the dating app per se, but it's Whatever the dates are, even if it's something where you just meet the person and you're out and about, you yes. can go ahead and enter that information about that date and it'll help you kind of keep it in proper perspective as oh. to whether or not that is a compatibility for you.
1: oh I love- so the people that I've logged because I'm still dating and i'm that's what I call myself. I'm an intentional dater. like that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing. i'm mm-hmm. I'm going on dates, and I'm taking leads wherever they come, so leads, mm-hmm. right? Baby mm-hmm. apps are just one lead source. Your church is another lead source. Your parents mm-hmm. are another lead source. Your family, mm-hmm. your whoever. I go whenever I go out and go into a networking event for business or whatever. Yeah. I first thing I lead with is I'm single. Do you know mm-hmm. anyone? And people think, especially at networking events, because you're already having like-minded, they're already kind of- the in conversations. The who you yeah. Are. Yeah. So like, let's just put it out there. And yeah, so Claire for Daters, you can actually log anyone you meet in any of these places. So with me, nice. it says, okay, uh, you know, out of the, all the guys that I went on dates with last year, you know, maybe five of them came from Hinge, five of them Bumble, three of them from Friends, maybe one even from a matchmaker, right? And just kind mm-hmm. of seeing where all these lead sources are. And then mm-hmm. just trying to get better at- again, which meaningful connections I'm pursuing. So that story that I told the Hinge and Bumble, that's actually a true story. And earlier mm-hmm. in the year, when Clara just came out in 2023, I started using it, right? So this was a product that I needed to use and see if it worked. And honestly, that Hinge guy, I ended up going on like 10 dates with him and it, it he ended yes. up moving and it didn't work out. But I, I wasn't even going to go on a second date with him because I wasn't wife that spark. But in that second date, he scored a 10 again. And some of the questions start coming up later on, like, um, uh, was there a quality about your partner that you found attractive? And I was like, mm. yeah, he had really nice eyes, right? And, I, and then you start focusing on the eyes on the third date. And then on the mm-hmm. fourth date, after the questions are asked, it's like, did you feel respected around him? And I'm like, yeah, he made me feel really good around him. And that's mm-hmm. a quality that starts coming up. Mm-hmm. So that spark, that slow burn, that's how it started coming. Because I noticed there was things that I found attractive about him and it started coming up. And then mm-hmm. how he made me feel when I was around him, like respected, smart, um, important, all of those Val- things. all Val- of those. yeah.
0: That felt that really felt good. It was like, I love that. I love that um, this is a, a resource for mm-hmm. those of us, because I have to be honest, I am so busy with my ventures that, but I want, you know, I want the companionship. However, I, I did not have a lot of success with dating apps. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Is it all the weirdos on, da- on the dating apps? <laughs> is it all the weirdos and the rejects? Because I'm not, I don't want it. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I even thought about like in 2024 to maybe potentially go and look into putting myself out there in that way. Because I am busy, my schedule is busy and I probably need to do it that way. But I'm like, oh God, the, the commitment. There is a thing, there is a little bit of a, 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 a hesitancy there for me. Um, oh, sure. But you know, you never know, you never know. And my thing is I've always been, I'm like you, I go to networking events all the time Uh, whether it's through for my job or through for my businesses i'm always around people i go to karaoke every friday so i'm always meeting people i'm always out and about i take myself a date once a week so i'm always out and about um and it's kind of like i've been looking forward to meeting somebody organically but that is not necessarily happening either because i've noticed and and maybe this is, I don't know if this is your experience, but I've noticed that the guys will look at me, but they will never come to me and say anything. (laughs) Yeah, I think- it's not necessarily all on the guys to, but you as women, we can do little cues to let them know it's okay. It's safe for you to come here. We can, you know, give eye contact and body language and those things speak volumes when it comes to showing a person that you're open and you're ready and willing to talk. But I just find that I feel like, and it's just my personal opinion. A lot of people since the, since the online dating, the internet became such a big thing, people lack social skills. So they tend to not know how to come up to you and actually have an authentic conversation. Yeah. And it's weird to me. I'm like, wait, you have to talk to people. You can't hide behind the internet for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, it's actually, it makes you weird. Like you don't have any social skills. <laughs>
1: Well, and that's the hardest part is so dating apps came out right after um I graduated college, like Tinder, mm-hmm. that's when it came. So you have a whole and I'm a millennial. So you have the whole generation mm-hmm. of people who actually never learned how to date in real like in real yeah. life without the dating apps. Yeah. And- that's what all the studies show. Actually, is that um, the, the the older generations actually do better on dating apps than the younger generations because mm. they know when they meet someone to get off the apps. They're not using it like as a constant yeah. hit. Yeah, every time they go on it, so they actually do better. And now it's this younger gener- generation because they're getting on it younger and younger, like eighteen. Yeah, years old, eighteen years
0: are getting on it. Yeah, it's and it, I mean, go ahead. Don't know. I was gonna say they don't know what to do. They literally yeah. are like, okay, I've met you online. Now what? <laughs> well, and they don't know what to do. And what's even
1: worse is there's this fake reality in oh dating that you know you're only and you're only getting fed the top you know ten percent of all the mm-hmm. profiles. And that's again, it goes back to my car business like from my car business perspective, it's like, honestly, to be, I don't want, I don't want to be not sensitive, but this is how I think it's like used mm-hmm. car inventory. Right. So right. When, you are, when you were looking for a used car, right. And you would see a neighbor and they'd have something similar. Um, maybe it wasn't exactly the interior you wanted, but the car drove well, it was pretty. It was, is a make it mm-hmm. really didn't have the interior. You're like, I'm going for it. I'm going to make this commitment. It's something that, that works. I like it enough Like this is good. But now with the internet, even with the car business, you can find what you're looking for. You just have to broaden your scope and keep swiping and all this stuff. But then the problem is maybe it's not what you think. It looks like what you're looking for, but then you drive it for a little while and it breaks or it's something Mm -hmm. off off of it. And I think that's the problem is that we all have now all of these options. So these young men are on these dating apps and young women, we get Mm -hmm. on these Apps because when the, the, you know, the kids that we're hanging out with at high school and college, they're, they're not as cute or attractive as the people that we find on the apps. So let's right. not date the people that are in our class that are having similar interests that are in similar cultural experiences mm-hmm. that we are in, that we have, you know, a lot of comparisons and that are has similar values, all this stuff. Let's not look there. Let's instead go to these dating apps. And the dating apps are better because you never get rejected, right? You don't ever, these guys, when they're swiping right on all these really attractive women and and same with the girls, swiping right on all these attractive uh, men or vice versa. Even, you know, when you're gay, same thing. So you're attracting, you're swiping. Mm. You never see if they don't like you. You just don't get the match, right? Like you don't no. you don't get the rejection. So that's another thing that we are younger generations are struggling with is they don't know how to face rejection like that's something personal that they just don't know how to do it yeah
0: that is I think the reason why people don't approach each other anymore Mm -hmm. like I've literally I've literally because I I'm a podcaster and, and 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 it's my thing it's my niche so I literally will do like experiments and I'll just sit there and watch people and I literally will people watch and it's amazing I have had guys literally look at some of my girlfriends if we're hanging out And they'll be just staring at them and staring at them and staring at them. But nine times out of 10, they will never say a word to them. Now it's the dudes that have nothing to lose. (laughs) And look at the numbers game. And they're like, okay, I might get 25 rejections, but I might just get two people that like me. Yeah. They're not afraid to approach you. But those typically are not the guys that you would want to date. Yeah, exactly. Not physically your type or they're just immature or something else about them is not what you want. But yeah. they, at least they're bold enough to come and approach the woman. Yeah. I literally sit back and I watch it literally almost every week when I go to karaoke and I'm like, oh my God, watch him. Let's, let's watch, watch him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in reality, and you asked if I had the same experience, I really don't get approached often ever. Like it's mm-hmm. really rare and I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the time or whatever. Um, but I find that the more intentional people come to me when I hear when it's through a friend. So when I'm out, mm-hmm. I say, I'm intentionally looking for someone, and they say, I think I have someone. I said, Great, to let get, give them get given my number. Like, let's see if I can just talk to them. It would be good, right? Just mm-hmm. with intentionality. And that's another way. So you're not focusing so much on like, I don't know, just the wide net of going into a space and uh, hoping mm-hmm. people interact with you, but something a bit mm-hmm. more with intention where one friend says, you know, I know her and I know you, and I think this would be interesting and just mm-hmm. something to familiarize with yourself that way. Um, the other thing that I was great with is like group, like group activity stuff. If you're going, mm-hmm. you know, football, people are having a lot of fun. Like many
0: people